Hello, and thanks for joining us again for Paranormal United States. This is episode 31, and this is New Mexico. It is, and New Mexico, obviously, a very, very big case from New Mexico. Can you think of any, Greg? A big, big one, you think UFO? Am I thinking, begin with R? Yes. Hmm. Roswell? <laughs> Roswell is in New Mexico. And I thought, ah, oh, nah, it'd be a bit too easy to do a Roswell one. So, And if I didn't guess Roswell, <laughs> I need stacking off the podcast. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do Roswell. It's a bit, uh, probably two, 10 minutes won't be enough time anyway to even no, introduce true. that one. So I'm going to a place just outside Lincoln, New Mexico, called Fort Stanton. Oh, okay. The old military base built in 1855. It was built as a base of military operations to protect Hispanic and white settlements along the Rio Bonito during the Apache Wars, so back in the 19th century. Over the years, it was open for like 160 years. The fort served as an army post, a tubular closest sanatorium, an internment camp, and the correctional facility. So it's been quite a multi-use um, <laughs> building. In 2008, it was announced that it was to become a living history venue. And various improvement works took place over the next decade with volunteered living quarters and exhibits being built. So you can now visit it as a, as a living, working museum. Oh. As you might expect with this sort of history in an old building, there's a lot of deaths, murders, suicides that took place over the years. And these have been reflected in the scary encounters that many visitors and workers at the fort have experienced. Lincoln County Paranormal and Historical Society have investigated and interviewed many people relating to the fort and the surrounding area in Lincoln. This is well documented on their website. And some of the experiences that have been reported at the fort over the years include in the 1920s, there's reports of shadow figures and unexplained crying in the administration building. One person anonymously reported that they could hear engine drums and flute music okay. being played. But I, no one was in there because it was like cleaning up time. There's nobody in there, but they could hear engine drums and flute music, which is a bit, a bit weird just to hear yeah. that sort of music. Yeah, a bit unnerving, yeah. I would imagine, as well. It's a bit... Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. In the 1930s, there's a janitor by the name of Emmanuel Beltran. He previously said he has no belief in ghosts or the paranormal or anything like that. On his very first night, he got a new job as a janitor. On his very first night working at the fort, he says that he saw something evil, something scary. In his own words, he saw El Diablo Sosolo, which in English is the devil himself. Well. He said he was afraid for his life, and in the morning, because he was working overnight, he just quit. Just didn't want to be there anymore. Just, yeah, I saw the devil. I am out of here. I am not coming back to this place. To be fair, that's probably a wise move. If you're seeing the devil himself on, on the first night shift. On your first yeah. shift, yeah. <laughs> not the best first shift. No. <laughs> Welcome to Fort Sanderton. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> this wasn't the only report of the devil. In the 1970s, 
when the fort was used as a women's prison, one inmate was outside. She forgot a cigarette, so she was going back inside the building, coming from the outside. And and I quote, "I saw it. The devil walked the earth. That was him." So she too saw the devil, as she described it. And this was some forty years later. In the nineteen forties. There were 80 Japanese prisoners of war held at the fort, with reports of malnourishment and abuse by the guards. Records show that there were 24 suspicious deaths and 37 documented suicides. In 1948, Connie Montes was working in the administration building, same area as on the previous reports, when she saw a shadow in the corner of her eye. She thought it was a mouse, so she could get lots of mice and rats and stuff. So she got up to get the mouse traps, at which point something grabbed her and threw her back into a chair. She started screaming, whatever it was, just wouldn't let her go. That was until she started praying. She needed the job, so she didn't quit. She carried on working there. She made sure to start wearing a rosary to try and ward off whatever this evil thing was. And she's never experienced anything again. So it's this one experience of being thrown back in a chair. It must have been pretty terrifying. Pretty, pretty terrifying. You gathered it wasn't a mouse or rat or anything like that then? Must have been a big, <laughs> a big rat to, yeah, definitely. to hold her down. Wow. But I wonder if she'd heard about the other reports and all this kind of stuff. I go on something a bit sort of about that because there is similarities between some of these reports, like the devil one in the 30s and the 70s and the admin building where things seem to happen in the same place. So when we get to the end, we sort of meant go back to, to that point because it is okay. quite interesting. Cool. Another worker, Maria Montoya, she worked there during the 50s. Her, as well as other workers, would see shadows, hear voices and other weird things. And they said that this would be all day, every day. Just constantly seeing things, hearing things in the gym, in the cafeteria, in the admin buildings. Just weird things. Heidi Gray, who's another worker at the same time, says they'd always see shadows and they'd regularly come into the office and every drawn cabinet would be open and messed up. Whereas when they left the night before, it was all tidy and organised, but something had opened other drawers and gone through the stuff like overnight before they came back into work. In um, stories of, of poltergeist activity and that kind of thing where people just go literally go out the room, come back in and everything's all open. So some of yeah. that stuff could have happened instantly, I suppose. It's happened on yeah. Skinwalker yeah. Ranch. Many, many famous cases. Um, yeah, yeah, freaky. The scariest one for her though, for Heidi, was the many times that she heard her name being called in a deep, raspy voice. So again, another quite creepy thing to be happening. That ooh, that's mm. Heidi. <laughs> Good impression. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the kind of thing that that suggests that it's more than just when we've talked about like stone tape theories and, and just yeah. a repetition that's something with a I say conscious in the loosest term but it's an intelligence of some kind 
yeah, like, like the one being thrown in a chair, they're interacting yeah. with them. It's not just noises or mm-hmm. like just disembodied voices. It's purpose voices saying the name. There's mm-hmm. something that's aware of them there, which is it, then it's scarier than like say the song tape, where it's just they're just there, but they're going about the business. Yeah, it is that extra bit of bit of scariness. The tag. Talking of a scary area though, the morgue. And there's quite a lot of bit of stuff happening in the morgue. In just being in a morgue is just unnerving. I think I wouldn't want to be. Especially these old ones where it's just gonna be probably rocks and brick rather than like a nice modern, don't know, shiny morgue. Nice. Morgue. <laughs> nice morgue. <laughs> Could be a yeah, agent. I get what you're saying though. It's a proper like crypt style. Yeah, you can imagine yeah. it's just like some basement room made with just bricks and holes where the bodies are or something. Nice. So this worker, Thomas Fujillo, he was down in the morgue when he heard a ghostly voice in his ear whisper, Thomas, you're coming with us. Suddenly he felt a hot feeling on his leg. They described it as so hot that it was cold. Which is, I understand what he what he means by that. But it's a weird way of describing it, like the hot was cold. But it was that hot if it was cold, was how he described it. When he looked down at his leg, there was three eight-inch claw marks on his leg. So he's like obviously freaked out. He ran upstairs. So when he was running. He felt like he tripped over something, but there's nothing there. Like he tripped over nothing, but he ran into something, but he couldn't see what it was. There's something invisible that he ran over. So again, you've got a voice saying his name, like with Heidi, interacting with the workers, knowing who they are and talking to him. And in the case of this guy, is got marks on his leg, like physically touching him. Lily Hardy, she worked at the fort when it was a mental facility in the 80s and 90s. She'd often hear strange noises coming from the morgue, like someone banging on the ceiling and screams. But she described them as not like a person scream, like a low pitch screeching scream rather than like a human screaming. So again, just really creepy <laughs> things that you wouldn't want to yeah nightmares <laughs> would not want to be down there like so I mentioned a bit earlier some very interesting accounts what's notable is the similarities there's multiple occurrences of people seeing the devil of people being touched or like assaulted basically thrown in the chair held in the chair marks on the legs and the most Creepiest is the voices, the knowing the names. So the they, names, definitely. Because you're knowing that whatever entity or whatever is in there with you knows who you are, knows your name, and can torture. That is, I think that's good. I'm not surprised he went out in the morgue. Then that happened. I think I would too. Yeah. If things start saying your name, no. It's different to sort of shouting some random thing or or leave or something, but as soon as they yeah. start mentioning your name, that's. I mean, that's... he said to him, "Thomas, you're coming with us." <laughs> like, where are they going to take him? 
well, yeah. I, if, if he stayed down there, what have happened to him? So that yeah. is very, very creepy. I think it's definitely it's like a cut above like the usual sort of hauntings and activity when the it's very personal, obviously yeah. when they're talking to you directly and knowing who you are. Just a touch that, yeah, that's just not your normal run of the mill haunting that we talk about on some of the other episodes. This is proper yeah. horror movie stuff. This is. Yeah, and like it's a big facility, obviously lots of like cells and buildings and stuff, but like seems like the admin building where a lot of stuff happened in the morgue. So it seems to be concentrated in these areas, like where things have been seen, where the voices are, where people have been physically touched. So that's another interesting part where it's in like seems to be concentrated in certain areas rather than throughout the whole of the, the building. Yeah. Hell of a place though. It's so <laughs> it's it's a living museum still now. Yeah, and you can do, they call it, I think you call it Stanton After Dark, and you can go on like a nighttime tour, like a ghost tour type thing as well, which is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Especially, yeah, if, well, I suppose if you knew, I suppose they'd probably tell you a bit about the the, the night stuff, and the, the, the ghostly stuff, I suppose, just hype it up a yeah. bit, but mm, I don't know if... If something said my name, I don't, I'm not entirely sure I would be able to, to stay the night. If that, that Thomas who said his name and uh, touched his leg, I don't think I'd be back down there. Not on my own, anyway. No, no, you're coming with us. <laughs> no, no, I'm like, no, like, like fuck, I am. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just be like, <laughs> oh. See you later. <laughs> so that is Fort Stanton. And that was episode 31, Paranormal United States, New Mexico.